hope to many around the globe, transforming lives into legacies. Live in Word with Pastor Mensah Otobiel. And now, today's word. I am doing, uh, I think it will be a three-part series. Uh, I've titled it Lost and Found. Lost and Found. And uh, today we're going to talk about the lost sheep uh, in part one of Lost and Found. Now, if you take a good look at our backdrop, um, at the center of our backdrop uh, design is the shepherd who finds the lost sheep. And, and then on the side is the woman who finds the lost coin. We'll talk about that uh, uh, next week. But today we focus on our main figure in the middle there uh, that talks about the lost sheep. Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. Luke's Gospel, chapter 15. And I will read from verses 1 to 7. And let us hear the reading of God's word. Then all the tax collectors and the sinners drew near to him to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes complained, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. So he spoke this parable to them, saying, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? And when he has found it, he lays it on his shoulders, rejoicing. And when he comes, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over ninety-nine just persons who need no repentance. Now if you read... Luke chapter 14, that is the preceding chapter, the latter part, Jesus is calling people to be his disciples to come and follow him. Uh, And so he's preaching about what it means to follow him, to take up the cross, to follow him, to leave everything behind and follow him. And so we go to chapter 15 and it, it tells us the response that people are giving to this invitation. Can you imagine Jesus, the son of God, is preaching? Uh, We wish we were there one of those times to hear Jesus preaching and how he preached uh, and and just hear his words and and the authority of his words and the majesty of his words. So there are two different reactions to the preaching of Jesus. The first one, uh, the Bible says that the tax collectors and sinners came to hear him. I want you to pay attention to the word hear. They came to hear him. In the Gospel of Luke, tax collectors and sinners were people who were outcasts and immoral people. Uh, The tax collectors were hated. Of course, tax people are hated everywhere. You can tell that nobody likes to be taxed. But in the days of Jesus, tax collectors were hated more than the GRA of Ghana. 
And the, and the reason they were hated was they were not collecting money for the Jews. They were not collecting money for the use of the people. They were collecting money to take to Rome. And, and, and they were special contractors who went to collect the money. So people would decide that I want to be a tax collector. They were given a quarter. Um, and, and they end by uh, the percentage to their quota. So they have to oppress their own people to collect taxes from them. So they were very, very hated people. So that's the tax collector. The sinners there are bad people. Generally bad people. Immoral people. Everybody who uh, today we'll call a sinner was a sinner then. Bad people. Immoral people. And the Bible says they came to hear Jesus. That's the first reaction. Second reaction, the Pharisees and scribes came to complain. And it's very interesting. This is Jesus speaking. Tax collectors, bad people are coming to hear him. And the supposedly good people are complaining. The Pharisees were a very interesting group in the days of Jesus. The Pharisees uh, emerged... In, in the history of Israel after the Babylonian exile. Now, if you know your Bible well, uh, the people disobeyed and then they went to captivity in Babylon. And, and uh, after many years, they came back. We know of Nehemiah and Zerubbabel and so on and Ezra. And during that time of the return, the group called the Pharisees came into being. And the purpose of the group was to ensure that Israel will live strict to God's laws because they, they reasoned that because they disobeyed God, that's why they went into captivity. And to prevent captivity, they have to obey God. So the Pharisees were a group that emerged to ensure strict compliance to the laws of Moses. Their name itself uh, came from another word that means to be separated. To be separated. No, they, they don't mingle with people. They were separated people. They were very strict. And they took the laws of God stricter than God himself meant it. And so by the time Jesus Christ came, uh, the Pharisees have been in existence for at least 300 years. And over 300 years, they have been uh, coming up with new laws and new laws and new laws and new laws. Now their laws have become very, very, very oppressive to the people of Israel. And, and that's why Jesus had a, a lot of difficulty with the Pharisees. They weren't bad people in that sense, but they were ultra-religionists. People who were very particular that the law must be kept. And that's why they criticized Jesus. So they came to complain. And I, I will later talk about a bit of why they came to complain about Jesus Christ. So what was the complaint against Jesus Christ? What were the Pharisees saying? They laid two charges against Jesus. First is that he receives sinners. He receives sinners. That means he accepts those who come to him. So what the Pharisees are saying is that when, when sinners come to Jesus, he doesn't sack them. He doesn't sack them. Bad people come to Jesus. Tax collectors come to Jesus. And you can remember that even one of the major apostles of Jesus was a tax collector. Matthew was a tax collector. And of course we know of, about Zacchaeus. 
The Pharisees would say, when tax collectors come to you, you don't receive them, sack them. If the Pharisees were running this church, some of you would never step into this church. Because they will see you out the door and say, hey, go back. We don't like your hairstyle, go back. Go and change your hairstyle, let it grow nicely and then come to church four weeks from now. So that's how the Pharisees were. They said, Jesus, we have a problem with you. And what's the problem? You receive bad people. You receive sinners. You're not supposed to receive them. You're supposed to cast them out. But of course we know that Jesus receives sinners not to participate in their sin, but to transform them. But the Pharisees will not even give you a chance to be transformed. They would just say, you are a sinner. Don't come close to us. Because their name means separation. That's the first charge. Jesus receives sinners. The second charge is that he eats with sinners. Now, just for your information, eating with sinners is deeper than receiving them. Because when they say he eats with sinners, it means that when sinners invite him to their home, he goes. Not only does he welcome them, but he accepts invitation to sinners. And when sinners invite you to their homes, you're going to meet a lot of sinners. So, I don't know. I'm, I mean, all of us... We, we don't like the Pharisees. We speak, you know, don't be Pharisaical and, and, and all of that. Uh, modern day Pharisees. But, you, you know, many times if you think about it, they seem to have a point. They seem, if, if somebody is a bad person, do you want to associate with him? I mean, if somebody is, a, if, if somebody is in your neighborhood, everybody knows him. This guy is bad. Whatever the bad is, he's bad. Nobody wants to talk to him. You tell the children, hey, hey, don't talk to his children. We all do that. And then you see somebody who comes here and he says he's a pastor. And he's talking to all the people that everybody says don't talk to. And then when they invite him home, he goes and he goes to eat. Now, why was that important to the Pharisees? Because the Pharisees, you know, if you study the law of Moses, the Jewish law, it is based on purity, purity, not getting contaminated. So everything is about purity. And that's why there's a lot of separation. Righteous people are supposed to keep themselves righteous. And the Pharisees believe that if you get close to sinners, they will contaminate you. And that's why they doubted Jesus. They will say, if you are really the son of God, why are you dealing with these guys? Because they are, they are contaminating you. But Jesus believed that he was actually contaminating them. Not they contaminating him. Because after an encounter between Jesus and sinners, the sinners become righteous and Jesus does not become sinful. So something about Jesus rubs off on the sinner. But the sinner's life does not rub off on Jesus. You know, it's very easy for us to be like the Pharisees. 
very easy. Even with sincerity, you can be a Pharisee. With sincerity, with a good heart. Not that you're a bad person, you don't like people. You like people, but you don't like bad people. You know, in our world, when you get into trouble, everybody leaves you. And the Pharisees were masters of that. Because under the law, anything that was not complete was sinful. Even when somebody has a body part missing, your ear is chopped off, you are not clean. Your nose is, somebody is fighting with you and hits your nose and splits your nose, you are unclean. You have leprosy, you are unclean. You are lame, you are unclean. That is why one of the things Jesus did was also to heal the sick. Because the sick in those days were also part of the unclean people. They were not complete people. And Jesus took people who were not complete and made them complete. He took people who were not perfect and made them perfect. So they're complaining. He receives sinners. He eats with them. If we're going to be a great church this year, we don't have to be Pharisees. We have to be like Jesus. It means there are people we're going to receive that you would say, ah, woo. Say, ah. Pastor, don't talk to him, don't talk to him, don't talk to him, Pastor. If you knew his record, you wouldn't talk to him. Well, I'm talking to him because I know the record. But more than knowing the record, I also know the saving power of the Lord Jesus Christ. You cannot win sinners to Christ if you have a pharisaical attitude. So Jesus then talked to them about a parable. And the parable is about the shepherd. And in the parable... Jesus talks about the shepherd's attitude that he cares for and protects the sheep. And Jesus, in this parable, is, is telling us how we should relate to people who are lost. So the he, picture here is that of a shepherd watching over his sheep in the desert. Now, Normally in, in Israel, in the days of Jesus, I think still in these days, you don't rear sheep at home. Although in Ghana, sometimes you see cows crossing the road in Accra. But in the days of Jesus, you didn't do that. You, you would take them out uh, to, to the open fields, to the open fields and, and, and the wild areas, and, and you would take care of them. And so a shepherd, if he's taking care of his sheep, would take them out of the city to the open fields. The Bible calls it the wilderness or the desert. It's not desert in a sense of dry place where there's no grass, of course. I mean, there has to be grass for the sheep. Uh, but wilderness in terms of open field, the open fields. He takes them to the open field. So Jesus is talking about a shepherd who takes his sheep to the open field to feed. And he says that the sheep are 100 
100 is the number of perfection. It doesn't mean 111100 necessarily. It means that it was a perfect, complete number. And the shepherd notices that one of them is lost. He notices that. Now the practice in those days was that the shepherd will have a home base in the wilderness. And then he would take his sheep out to go and graze sometimes in the mountainous areas uh, to look for water, to look for grass. And then at the end of the day, he will bring his sheep back to base, his base. And when he brings the sheep back to the base, he has to count the sheep to ensure that the number he took out is the number he has brought in. So this is what Jesus has in mind. So this noticing of the lost sheep does not take place in the morning. It takes place at the end of the day. The shepherd has taken his sheep out. He has brought them in. Now he has to account for them. So he starts counting one, two, three, four, five, six, six, gets to 99 and realize one is gone. At this time, it is late in the evening. Very soon, nightfall is going to come. And when nightfall comes, wild animals are going to come out. Lions are coming out. Bears are coming out. Jackals are coming out. And that sheep is going to be eaten before morning. So the master has a short open window from late evening, probably around 5 o'clock in the evening, till nightfall, about 6 o'clock thereabouts, if you're looking at our time. So, he has probably one hour to account for the sheep, because if he doesn't get the sheep, it's lost forever. So, he decides, I'm going to do something about it. You know, the Bible tells us that there is coming an hour, a midnight hour, when the end of all things are coming, we are between five o'clock and six o'clock in human history. And when people don't get the gospel now, they'll be lost forever. They'll be lost forever. Your friends will be lost forever. And that's the open door that the shepherd has. And he decides, I'm going to use this time to do something. So what does a shepherd do? The Bible says, he went after the lost sheep until he found it. He went until, I like the word until. The sheep is lost. Matthew's account of the same story says the sheep has gone astray. In other words... The sheep is lost not because the shepherd was reckless, but the sheep was wayward. It's the sheep's fault. That's why he's lost. It's his fault. Lost sheep cannot find their own way back home. Somebody needs to go after them. So the master, the shepherd decides, if I leave this sheep and pray for the sheep, it's not going to find its way home. I can intercede for the sheep. It's not going to come home. 
because it, it doesn't know the way home. It's great to pray for sinners, but they don't know the way home. Somebody must go find them and bring them home. Thank you for listening to Living Word. To interact with Pastor Mansah Otebil, like his page on Facebook. Follow him on Twitter at Mensah Otebil. Email otebil at centralgospel.com or call plus 233-302-688-000.